You're very welcome in to episode 18 of Free Rambling Men, a country music podcast. It's good to be back. Stuarty, we took a week off. I turned 30, but we're back with news of an already record-breaking album, a superstar artist putting on a free concert for his fans, and something a bit more concrete about a first-time tour to the UK and potentially Ireland in 2024, and that's just Morgan Wallen. And don't forget, there's a new number one on the Irish country charts. Oh, baby. Who's excited for episode 18 of Free Ramble Mel? Welcome in, welcome in. Should we round up who's top of the pops before we inevitably get into Morgan Shorty? Or should I park that for a second and just say, how are you? For some reason today, I don't know why, but I feel great. Hey, that's good. Take it when it's coming, Shorty, eh? Maybe it's the sweet love of the Lord. Okay. <laughs> but John, more importantly, how are you? <laughs> Is it more importantly? Is it more important? For sure. Um. I'm good. I'm good. Had a uh, had a nice birthday. Rihanna took me away up the morns on the Friday before my birthday and oh. stayed there. Woke up. Uh, literally, it was like up this big hill too. And literally, these sort of little glamping kind of lodge bit. And um, you walked outside and now you were in the morning mountains. It was it was pretty beautiful. Yeah. But 30 now, sturdy. And uh, it's all ahead of you, John. You're in the prime. Yeah. Yeah. Says the man who's what? What are you? What is you? I am pushing 40. And do you know what? I am going to tell you, you know, the way they say life gets better, right? There's a point, I think around 35, 36, when you realize that death is inevitable and your body is slowly decaying and you just sort of come to terms with it. (laughs) Get out of me. Okay, let's round up who's top of the pops then. Before we inevitably get into Morgan Wallen. And we'll start with uh, US Country Radio, right? Media-based charts, the Billboard Country Airplay charts, it's all the same person atop those. Morgan Wallen, thought you should know. I've got to say, you can run, but you can't hide from them. This is it, like literally. Because even if you want to, <laughs> I mean, surely, we're talking American charts here, right? We've told you about media-based, we've told you about Country Airplay, Hot Country Songs. That's Morgan Wallen too, last night. Top Country album, Sturdy. That's dangerous, the double album. Not yet one thing at a time, but... I mean, this man's just rolling over the entire genre. So yeah, Luke Combs can do nothing about it. (laughs) No, he can't, apart from sell-out stadiums. But yeah, Thought You Should Know becomes his eighth number one. He wrote it with Nicole Gallion and Miranda Lambert. Random fact, it's the first song that Miranda has been involved in writing that's topped the charts for another artist. Fascinating, fascinating fact. So Morgan ruling over pretty much all American genres, Jordy. Don't keep me in suspense any longer here. We've told you who's top of the pops in America. Who's ruling over the roost? Is that, is that a term in Ireland? It's a roost, but it's a roost where your cousin is also your brother. Um, Bernie Heaney and Noel Boland, a song called Everybody's Reaching Out for Someone. What I love, (laughs) that's at number one. At number three, Whiskey Myers and Stone. (laughs) (laughs) You pulled up the Irish chart. I don't really have too much commentary to add in that regard, Sturdy, but you pulled up the Irish chart. I pulled up the UK uh, iTunes country chart. But, mate, there's been no change. It's still Josh Turner. Maybe lock the door and turn the lights down low. Shabba. Man, still a song from, what was it, 2005 we said the last time? Ruling over UK country music. Morgan can't do anything about it. <laughs> Yet. 
That's the thing about the UK and Ireland. So Morgan's dominating America, but probably in about 20, 25 years, he'll reach number one in Dundalk. <laughs> so Shorty, just to follow up on how I sort of introduced the pod this week, on the record-breaking album bit about Morgan Wallen, I saw chart data on Twitter share the news that Morgan's new album, One Thing at a Time, broke the record for biggest single-day streams for any album on Spotify in 2023. And it's the biggest male country album debut ever. I think even we saw that coming. <laughs> Did you see this coming then? He was also the number one most streamed artist on global Spotify for the first time in his career on the 3rd of March there. He also this week, and this will only mean something to people from Northern Ireland, he also this week, but this is significant in our territory, he has been added to the Cool FM playlist. Wow. That is actually kind of cool. Yeah. As for his free concert then for fans at the British Centre Arena, Sturdy, I'm sure you can tell us a bit more. But if that wasn't good enough, sort of already given out all those free tickets to, to fans and those who could get them, he then decided to broadcast the free concert on a social media as well for those that missed out on tickets and for those of the rest of us around the world who who couldn't go because we're, we're over here. But we got this in, in advance, which was actually pretty cool. I'm digressing here, but... You, like me, got a reply to your tweet, I think, saying, how are you listening to it already? How are you mm -hmm. listening to the album already? Some guy from Illinois was messaging me saying, how are you? I was like, yeah, because I live in the future. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Do you know what I loved? There was a guy in America said to me, please upload like screenshots or clips. I have to wait hours to get it. And, you know, I wrote underneath or I replied by saying, it's worth the wait. And you know who liked that? Joey Moy. Oh, wow. Nice. He appreciated nice. the fact that I didn't want to leak the album early. Would you just like to explain who Joey Moy is for, for, for fans of country music who maybe don't know who he is? Massive country music producer for the likes of Morgan, Hardy, etc. And at the very top of Big Loud as a label. Yeah, with that free concert in mind. I mean, what a gesture for the fans. It's very, very Zach Bryan of him, isn't it? Almost sort of thing. I was reading this morning. So as you've mentioned, he took to socials and said, look, First come, first served, two tickets per person, get to the box office, free show. But apparently to hire out Bridgestone to put on a concert costs around about $900,000. Wow. And this is Bridgestone Arena, by the way, in the heart of Broadway in Nashville, Tennessee. And the night before on Thursday nights, he actually went back to his high school, Gibbs High School. Um, he performed a free show for the uh, 2023 senior students, the teachers, the baseball team, some hometown friends, and then donated $35,000 towards musical instruments for the students and also a new field cart for the baseball team. Man, Morgan giving back. All of us haters, where are you now, eh? <laughs> Good guy, Morgan. He's turned over a new leaf. He has, uh, he has led with his heart since his... Um, his controversies, I suppose, plural. And he's out here doing good things, releasing great music. I think everybody should be on the Morgan Wallen train. Because of the time difference, the live stream started last night around half one, a quarter to two in the morning. So I saw about half of it and then fell asleep. But as a performer, he doesn't do an awful lot, but he definitely has a magnetic stage presence. And part of that, I think, is in between songs, you almost feel like at any minute he could stupidly say something that cancels him again. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it seems as though, Shruti, as well, everyone within the industry, you know, colleagues of Morgan Wallen are sharing the news of Morgan's album. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though because many artists are also songwriters and seem to have cuts in the album. Some of the names on there, Hardy and Ernest and Larry Fleet and Travis Denning, Nicole Gallion, Miranda Lambert, Devin Dawson, Hillary Lindsay. And here's a funny one for you, Stuart. I know if you've come across this as well. Ryan Hurd. Oh. Uh, and isn't that an interesting one when you consider that kind of, well, when you consider Ryan Hurd's wife is Maren Morris and that scene of, you know, Jason Aldean having a joke at Maren Morris's expense when I think Morgan Wallen was on stage at this period at a concert that he had a few months back. Do you remember this? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, that's just the business. You know, you cut songs by by certain writers, but interesting to see Ryan Hurd associated with this album in, in any shape or form. Well, yes, but also like maybe that song in particular wasn't specifically written for that artist. Maybe it was written a long time ago and it's just seeing the light of day now, you know. And that is Last Drive Down Main, by the way. Um, but Shirley, uh, before we give our, our own thoughts on, on maybe early favorites and so on, it's just a couple of things to pick up on. Morgan shared, I don't know if you saw this, it was kind of like a story, like a social media story like video on Spotify. I don't know if it was the same on Apple, just to sort of, you know, promo the album once you clicked onto it there. And it was on that video that he said about uh, how many songs he has cut now. And I think he said the number is about 83 songs. Wow. So you consider that in the, in the context of having to choose a set list. And it's so funny because so many other artists are just putting out six track EPs. He, um, he also made the, the point of the fact that you know, the album is an array of genres or subgenres, maybe, and influences and, uh, and even just themes. But the album starts with a song with the word born in it, born with a beer in my hand, and it ends on a song called Dying Man. So that was the, the kind of the clear start and finish, clear beginning and end, birth and death to, uh, to begin and end this album. Do you know what was funny? I read a review of the album yesterday from a fairly reputable source. And here's the take or the angle they came at this. The worst possible news, unfortunately, the new album from Morgan Wallen is excellent. And then the start of the article was um, quick to remind you of the racial slur incident. It was almost like, I'm going to condemn this man even when he deserves praise. Before we get on to the early favorites, can I ask you, have you heard the song uh, whiskey friends from the album the thing is see whenever there's 36 songs it's so hard to at this point when it's only been out for a day it's so hard have i heard it? i don't even know well let me tell you this right because my brother picked up on this not even me whiskey friends right uh-huh. how it starts is very mr brightside I mean, by the way, just with that in mind, Stuart, um, because I played this song on the late show this past week. I don't know if you caught any of me broadcasting on the Beeb this past week. I sort of made reference to a song by Etta James. Do you know where I'm going with this? If I say the words, I'd rather go blind. I don't. Well, I don't know where you're going with it, but I know the song. Why has nobody pointed this out before? Apparently, it's a legitimate uh, thing that I have just yeah. been living in the dark about this entire time. Stapleton, I think, literally used the Etta James I'd Rather Go Blind arrangement for Tennessee Whiskey. It is note for note the same. It is in the same key. 
I'm quite sure here that Stapleton literally just went, I'm going to go and take that and I'm going to go and put it with Tennessee whiskey. In the same way that Thomas Rhett kind of ripped off Ed Sheeran's song, Thinking Out Loud. But didn't Ed Sheeran supposedly rip off Marvin Gaye or something? And then Robin Thicke got involved and it all went mental. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I we've talked about this before, Surely I have said to you that I would love to do an episode on sound-alikes. You know, I feel have a full note in my phone um, about all these songs that sound the same. So we'll have to go over it someday. That is essentially the genre of Irish country. <laughs> I mean, I sometimes have this thought about music. I And I kind of go, how have they not run out of songs yet? You know, there are only so many chords. There are only so many progressions that work with each other. You know, there are only so many ways you can add drums and piano and keys and whatever else. Well, I think they maybe have, because if you listen to a lot of today's like commercial pop music, it's essentially just a song that was released 15, 20 years ago and maybe a slight tweak. Maybe so. Maybe so. And chat GPT is waiting to get involved. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> early favorites off the album. Can I just tell you mine? Uh, because you'll appreciate this. Uh-huh. it's the one actually that he asked Bob Harris in their interview to finish off with and it's maybe the one that means the most to him on the album if not certainly close anyway the one with that big brother like person in his life surely your boy Eric Church man made oh. a bar so man made a bar oh do you hear that C2C admin group <laughs> you tell him Stuart don't you dare disrespect the chief the chief what do you think of that song? It's epic, isn't it? I don't know why, but maybe it's just Eric's slow delivery on that one, but it, it reminded me a little of the collab he did with Keith Urban, We Were. Okay, yeah, 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 I remember that. I genuinely mean this. Maybe it's because the album is just so new, there's that many songs, or maybe it depends like what time of day you're listening or what mood you're in, but I keep being drawn to Devil Don't Know. Okay, nice, nice. You see, this is the thing. I mean, every time I listen, I'm listening from the start and then I only get so far and then I, I don't go, you know, I don't progress. I saw Grady Smith maybe talking about the song 98 Braves. Maybe he just likes songs about baseball teams, whatever. But um, I'm yet to kind of listen deeply to the uh, the tracks with Hardy and Ernest. In fact, I haven't even heard the Ernest one yet because it's so far on, 34 songs in. What I like about it is... Um... I find with Dangerous, although I adore that album, I thought it leaned a little heavy into like hip hop and R&B beats at times, which was really highlighted whenever he did those like stripped down video sessions, which he's been doing again for this new release. And I like the fact that there's more of a leaning. And even last night's Bridgestone show was evident of that. You know, he performed in the round. Uh, It was mostly stripped down and you could hear the instrumentation and it really complements his voice. Well, surely speaking of Morgan Wallen, Megan Maroney's dropping her new album. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you like that? Anyway, her debut album, Lucky, is being dropped on the 5th of May. And to celebrate, she's releasing the title track this coming Friday. Couldn't have waited until St. Paddy's Day, surely, to play on the whole, you know, Luck of the Irish thing. Her album is called Lucky. Maybe she didn't want to compete with Luke Combs' Five Leaf Clover. I think it drops on St. Paddy's Day. It does. And do you know what? I noticed maybe there'll be more dates, but I noticed certainly she's coming over this year to play the Long Road Festival in England. Exciting times. Megan Maroney potentially making her way over to, to Ireland. We do know somebody who is making their way over to Ireland. That is news since we were last doing this podcast, Jordy. Who's that? Mr. Drake White. Oh, I mean, I thought you were going to say Zach Bryan, but okay. Both? <laughs> 
Hang on a second help. here. How did you go Drake White before Zach Bryan? That's an insult to Zach Bryan. <laughs> well, you know, per- I prefer Drake White, but that, you know. I prefer Zach Bryan. I definitely prefer Zach Bryan. <laughs> I also prefer full fat Coke, you know, and people judge me for that. Hang on a second. Full fat Coke is the greatest drink on planet Earth, probably next to water. A lot of people, if you give them full fat Coke, will not drink it. And like I've bought people like vodka and Coke in a bar and then they take a sip of it and they go, is that full fat Coke? And you'll go, yeah. And they'll hand it back. and It's poison. Like, what the what? hell is wrong with these people? Poison? It must be a whole kind of, you know, what is it? A moment on the lips, a lifetime in the hips sort of thing. I must be thinking of their figure. There. These are fat men, John. Well, then they need their, their heads felt. So Drake White is coming to Ireland this journey. Yeah, Drake White, he's coming over. He's playing some uh, shows in the UK and Ireland. He'll be at the Limelight in Belfast on the 15th of June and the Academy down south in Dublin on the 16th. Happy days. Somebody actually coming to Belfast because we can't say the same of Zach Bryan. He's got not one, but two Irish dates, neither of them up north, two back-to-back nights in Dublin. What's that about? Why isn't he coming up to Belfast? Yeah, he's playing the Helix, uh, 18th and 19th of April. From the very obvious online demand for these shows i would say it won't be that long till he's back and possibly does belfast as well i have a, a mate sister already asking me for tickets because she's into yellowstone uh, and this is somebody i couldn't place further away from the genre and uh, and maybe that's testament to the demand that we understand that that gig that zach bryan gig or those zach bryan gigs have seen already for sure i mean to be honest with you the demand has caught me by surprise i wasn't anticipating that as a guy who's not massively into his music I just see first top 40 hit, you know, where we live in the world, find me 15 people who know who he is. But yet, remember that uh, video that Gritty Smith did where he compiled all the listener data from Spotify Wrapped? Uh-huh. And Zach Bryan was only second to Morgan Wallen, sort of on the year, you know, in terms of like, hey, was it total listens? Not unique listeners, but total streams. I hope um, off the back of that, which... <laughs> As music trends go, probably will happen. There'll be a lot more authentic Americana sounding artists than maybe crossing over into the more commercial country scene. Well, Sturdy, we are Free Rambler Men, a country music podcast, but it seems as though we have a little leaning toward the drama that follows and surrounds the Kelsey Ballerini and Morgan Evans divorce. Right? Media circus. Media circus, yeah. And we seem to report on it. We seem to work this into the pod in some shape or form. And I just wonder on your list of notes there, Sturdy, that you've got for the pod today, do you have any reference to the fact that Morgan Evans has kind of released a, a video series, a box set of sorts? Um, and would you call this kind of a, a hitting back, maybe at, at the Kelsey kind of pulling back of the curtain, so to speak? Based upon everything I've read about it, yeah, it's a five-part mini-documentary series that you can watch on YouTube, and the way it's being described is his version of events. I mean, I'm hoping to speak to Morgan Evans at C2C Dublin, so <laughs> even if we had of, uh, hadn't have mentioned them today, you know, it's not like we were, we were going to avoid them for long here. But you know what you should take from that, as in, like, we've gone back and forth like on the podcast, I think, and off about like, uh, how far would you go? Would you bring it up? Would he want to talk about it? Listen, if you put out that song over for you and you're now putting out a five-part mini documentary, I think you'll have trouble shutting them up. 100%. 100%. And, you know, all we can do is get 
his side of the story, his side that of the story that he's willing to share. And I mean, he's put out what he's put out so far about the relationship into song and I with this this video series coming out. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't really understand why he would be um, averse to to speaking about it some more. I think we were on the same wavelength, uh, sort of Team Morgan, and um, thought Kelsey was almost turning a divorce into a bit of a publicity stunt. Um, which, to be fair to her, has worked. There's a lot of people who don't care about country music who now know who Kelsey Ballerini is. But I will say, having listened to her podcast interview with Alex Cooper on Call Her Daddy, I, I'm i more inclined now to see Kelsey's perspective. Okay, yeah, you did sort of say this to me in voice message because uh, I think you sent me maybe a clip of this podcast and she was... Uh, but, mate... Okay, here's the thing. He put out Over For You, which we've already discussed painted her in a very untouchable princess pleasant way but her point was more during the course of their relationship there was multiple times where she would have been somewhere and she said I'm going to book a flight I need you and he never got on the flight they were in couples therapy for ages there was many times when she was sleeping on the settee and he was in the bed she said apart from when they were drunk they rarely communicated and then he puts a song out which implies you just out of nowhere said we're done. She has a C this week unfollowed him on Instagram. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's positive for her. And again, I've just said I'm team Kelsey, but now I'm bouncing all over the place. Did you see oh, on Thursday? Did you see your team Kelsey? Sorry, I have literally just had a flashback to the last time she played C2C and I had to talk a grown bearded tattooed man out of purchasing a baseball cap that said team Kelsey on it. I said, you're never going to wear that again. Oh, he's wearing it with pride right now. You know that? Well, listen, I have a strange sense of humor. And years ago, I bought and happily wore out in public a baseball cap that said, Jesus is coming. Look busy. (laughs) (laughs) Know what I mean? Stuart Baffert, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, great. So what I was going to say is on Thursday, Kelsey and uh, Chase, Chase Stokes, this actor, her new fella, they were at Madison Square Garden. They were watching the New York Rangers playing ice hockey and they were just being photographed from all different angles, snogging the faces of each other. Q Morgan being down the alley. Okay, Sturdy, well, before we move on to literally next weekend's, can you believe it, C2C, Country to Country Music Festival, the return. Before we move on to that, is there anything else you'd like to, to round up on the news front? The way you worded it like that just made it very obvious to me that like for one weekend in a year, what we do makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a couple of quick things. On Wednesday night, Carrie Underwood performed at the Bridgestone Arena as part of her Denim and Rhinestones tour. She brought out special guests, Jason Aldean. They did their collaboration, If I Didn't Love You. And then she also reunited on stage with her 11-time CMA Awards co-host, Mr. Brad Paisley. Oh, making jokes together were they again. I'm going to start a petition if there isn't already one that exists that I can sign, which I'm sure there probably is. I want to bring Carrie and Brad back as CMA Awards hosts. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better. It felt like it actually was something back then, you know, when they did it. And speaking of Brad Paisley, on the 24th of February, to mark the one-year anniversary of the Russian troops invading the Ukraine, he put out a brand new song called Same Here. It uh, 
features Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Now, it's gotten a fairly, I would say, negative reaction. I was going to go with mixed, but it's been, I think, overall negative. The first time I heard it, I was actually quite moved by it. I thought it was lovely. Um, but the more I've consumed since the release to now, people's outspoken opinions of how so-called cringy it is because like the last minute minute and a half is essentially a zoom call with brad and uh, the president and it is a wee bit michael jackson heal the world hi brad hello mr president happy to see you what's same here in ukrainian Daksam. yeah i know what you're saying i know what you're saying it comes across that way for sure it is i mean i feel bad calling it cheesy but it is right it's mistimed and the taste is wrong. The sincerity is wrong. Yeah, or certainly it's 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 being interpreted that way. I can't remember who it was. I actually had something good to say about it, but I definitely saw somebody in social media like rave about it, and it was like a, a very well-known artist or something like that. I must try and take a look back and see if I can find out who. I thought it would be a given just because of the hell that the people of the Ukraine are being put through. I just thought, you know, Somebody's speaking up, you know, this is an anthem for them. And I heard your friend Grady Smith make a comment, which I think kind of hits the nail on the head. Up until the president appears, and it does become a little bit maybe cringy, up until that point, the actual song itself is pleasant and Brad sounds lovely, but there's the jarring in the level of sincerity. He's comparing how like the American public are the same as the Ukrainians, but it's very flippant comparisons. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the president comes on to speak about something incredibly serious. Wild. I can't actually quite believe that it exists. But here we are. Save the world, eh? Here's how I misjudged it. I was going to make it my record of the week. <laughs> There's still time, Shorty. There's still time. <laughs> So your mate Jordan Davis, who's over next weekend performing at C2C, himself and his wife have announced they're now expecting baby number three. Uh, the couple, because you know I love the baby facts, they've already got a three-year-old daughter named Eloise and a one-year-old boy named Lachlan. Mate, you know, uh, we're about to get on to it. I interviewed him in advance of, uh, of my C2C preview going out on, on the babe over here, on BBC Radio over here. But he literally made reference to the fact that he is... He's chasing down Thomas Rhett on four kids and Walker Hayes. With, I think he's got <laughs> six plus maybe, you know, he, he, so he actually made reference to it. The family's expanding. I passed on my congratulations, but yeah, like I'll say it to you, Shirley, it's great news, isn't it? When the, when news of new life comes along. But did you see the video that he posted to socials announcing the pregnancy? It was very sort of like sweet. He like touched his wife's, belly and said you know hey we're expecting again but he had a look on his face like how did that happen like <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know <laughs> yeah you do okay well surely we've both been hard at work putting stuff together ahead of c2c country to country the three-day annual festival that brings mega headlining artists and emerging talent from country music across the atlantic to perform in dublin london and glasgow each year and uh, you and I have been speaking with some of the stars ahead of the festival. We're in a position to share some of those interviews in advance of it too. 
Yes, earlier this week, I uh, caught up for a, a Zoom chat with Charles Kelly from Lady A. The band are going to be headlining for what will be their third time, C2C. And, uh, you know, some interesting uh, little quotes in the chat. Obviously, Charles has been very public with his uh, recent journey to sobriety. But also, he spoke a bit about what we can actually look forward to the band performing during C2C this year. And it's not all just going to be the hits. Charles, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, buddy? The very best. Now, yourself and the rest of Lady A, you're going to be heading our way again very soon. You're going to be headlining for what will be, I mean, I can't believe it. I don't know about you. The third time you're headlining C2C in Dublin, London and Glasgow. It's also going to be the 10th anniversary of the festival overall. So for a lot of reasons, it's just going to be one big weekend celebration of country music, right? I mean, you guys must be buzzing. Oh, man, we're excited. We, uh, we did some rehearsing, you know, a couple weeks ago and, you know, even tried out the kind of a similar set uh, that we we're going to do in a in a show here in the States and just excited, man. I, you know, I think there's a lot of freedom when we go, you know, over to UK and overseas, you know, to try some different songs that we don't always do here in the States. I said it before, you know, in the States, everything is so radio driven that the fans really want to hear like the radio hits. And when we go over, you know, overseas, it seems like they want to hear their favorite songs off of each record, which, which is really gratifying for, you know, a songwriter and some of our favorite songs, you know, weren't radio singles. So just to be able to tweak our set list and, and really take everyone through a journey of kind of the history of the band, you know, and, you know, all our, uh, gosh, I don't know, eight records, maybe something like that. Eight or nine, I can't remember exactly, <laughs> but it's going to be fun. See, that's good to hear because that's what I was going to ask you. Obviously, with the Request Line Tour, you set up a phone line last year where fans could call yeah. in and suggest songs that they wanted to see you guys perform live. And it's mm -hmm. great to hear you're going to be sort of implementing that into the set in the UK yeah. and Ireland and not just the radio hits. Can I suggest one, Lie With Me? Come on, come on, lie. love that one gosh i've got a uh a list of like the ones that got away songs that like i wish we had put out singles that for some reason we didn't and lie with me's in there it ain't pretty's in there somebody else's heart but yeah lie with me is oh gosh we should have put that out as a single i don't know why we did no last week you posted a photograph of yourself and the band along with one of our greatest northern irish musical exports a guy who's originally <laughs> from a place about 20 minutes from where i am at the minute banger foy vance so i yeah. have to ask you you know is there new music coming what have you been up to with him yeah we've just been writing a lot um he was you know a, a writer that we wanted to write with for a while and so we wrote a great song with him and um we're about to go into the studio and just start cutting some new stuff and, you know, just kind of piece it together and start, you know, kind of coming up with a plan of how we want to release it. And, you know, I feel like everything is, you know, the way music can be released now is, is so much more immediate. And, you know, the kind of the rule book is thrown out the door right now as far as whether it's an album or not. So we'll just start wrapping our heads around whether we just want to release music as it comes in or an album I, i'm not sure if we've you know if we know exactly but man we've been writing um a lot of great stuff it seems like and you know a lot of new uh a new life experiences to to pull from that we've been writing about and um just excited to get back in there you know i think we've had some good time off and away from the studio that it kind of gets you itching to get back in now you recorded a song with electronic dance trio cheat codes something's yeah. coming and that's on their recent album one night in nashville 
I mean, it's not the most obvious pairing. So how did that happen? Now hear the call, cause heart seems like seasons you know, we, we heard that they were, um, you know, looking at different country artists. And I said, well, you know, let's, let's, let's talk songs, you know, and um, this was a song that kind of came out that just, man, it just felt like us, you know, I think, I'm sure the idea had kind of sparked from them. You know, we had done a song with um, Audion uh, before and uh, that had some success. Um, and so I'm sure that they, you know, kind of were like, man, they're kind of open to that kind of idea. And uh, I know a lot of our friends like Russell Dickerson and Little Big Town were also working with Chico's and it just sounded like a cool opportunity. You know, we've always been a band. I think that's, you know, kind of had our tentacles into some different genres throughout our career. And um and some crossover hits, of course, I need you now. And, and just a kiss that I think it, you know, it's kind of fun to be able to, I think, stretch our influences a little bit, you know, and try something different. I'm not, I'm not, I can't say that I'm the biggest electronic music fan, but I thought that song really fit us a lot. And my little seven-year-old boy, that's all he listens to. His favorite artist is Marshmello. So he's always like, it's so funny. I've found out about all these electronic uh, groups from my, my little son. That's so funny. But I was going to ask you about that because I've been loving watching him develop his DJ skills. Mm-hmm. And for such a young kid, he's actually, yeah. I mean, I go out and DJ and he kicks my ass. So um, <laughs> it's good to hear he's keeping up with it. Yeah. Yeah. He's having fun. I mean, he just, you know, he's a really intelligent little kid and cute and whatever he's into. I just told him just to, you know, this is the time to just explore. You know, he's, he went into a little bit of a sports phase for a while. And, and, but music has been one thing that he, he gets really enamored with, you know, he's, he kind of figures it out on his own because I have to admit, I, you know, I told him, I was like, I wish, uh, you know, I said, I wish I knew as much as, as my bandmate Dave does when it comes to, you know, pro tools and being able to produce stuff. And, um, my son's got all these questions and I'm like, man, we're going to have to call up uncle Dave. I don't know the answer to this, but, but he just gets on his little iPad and explores and figures it all out. And I'm just, you know, it's really fun to watch a little kid's mind. Wow. So you rounded out 2022 by releasing this very emotional song as far as you could. And, you know, brutally honest. And there's not many songs that deal with the subject matter, but managed to mm-hmm. find a way to end on an inspirational high. Um, yeah. You obviously wrote the song with Dave from Lady A and Jimmy Robbins. What I've wanted to know, because I really do genuinely love the song, the day it came to writing it, was it like pulling teeth? Did you go places you didn't want to go? Or was it a case of you almost opened the floodgates and just everything came pouring out? Because you took me high, but you should have brought me down. Yeah, it was it was actually really, really easy and therapeutic. We had we had started writing another song that morning, something kind of fun and light. And I was like, man, I'm just not feeling this. I said, you know, I was like, I've got this this line I wrote down. I wrote a goodbye letter to alcohol when I did some work on myself, you know, and, and I said, uh, you know, I had this line in there that I really liked, you know, and I was like, you took me as far as you could take me. And, and so, um, you know, and I was telling the guys, I said, I've, I've been wanting to write a song without it sounding preachy or, you know, but something that kind of tells my story. And, um, you know, I said, you know, cause alcohol, I said, obviously I don't love where it took me, but I said in the beginning, I said, it did serve me well in certain things. I said, it gave me the courage to move to Nashville. I said, you know, I w- probably wouldn't have walked up to my wife that night if I hadn't had a little liquid courage in me, probably wouldn't have walked up to Hillary, all these different things that, you know, I don't know, I don't regret. And, um, and it's so funny. 
Jimmy is just such a good songwriter and he just picked up the guitar and he goes, that's why I moved to Nashville. That's why I almost left. And we were just off to the races, you know, and I don't know. It was a very special moment, especially between Dave and I, because, you know, he's seen all the ups and downs of it. And um, he was just tearing up and it was one of those kind of good little, you know, close buddy moments, the little therapy session in our, in our own little way, you know, it crossed my mind. I'm sure it's crossed yours, particularly with country music. It's very rare that you hear a song that's speaking the truth about alcohol. You know, with country, it's like, you're happy, have a drink, you're sad, have a drink. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, too. You know, I think that's what I always tell everybody. I was like, I'm still going to sing the songs like Bartender and, you know, Quarter After One. I'm a little drunk, you know, like it's a part of my life. And it's, you know, and just for me personally, it just, you know, I, I, I couldn't have one without wanting 10 of them, you know, and. So, you know, I don't want it to be like anything where someone feels uncomfortable, you know, or, you know, feels like I can't sing about that anymore. I've got some buddies, some other buddies that are songwriters that are sober. They said, I've, I've written some of the best drinking songs <laughs> sober. Um, but no, for me, I mean, it definitely just, it got to a point where it just wasn't serving me anymore, man. And, um, and, you know, about eight months into it now, and, you know, there's definitely some tough moments here, like cocktail parties are hard, but. You know, what I've gained from it is so much better. I'm the healthiest I've been in forever. And the band, just everything just seems like, all right, this is kind of a new adventure. That's kind of what I'm treating it like. You know, I lived one way for so long that it's kind of nice to walk through this life a little clearer and a little more direction and try to figure out what it's all about for me. Not just about having a good time, but about, you know, trying to actually leave a mark and be a good dad, be a good husband, all that good stuff. It has been remarkable all over the world because it's not always the case with, you know, celebrities, musicians, mm-hmm. actors, athletes. The outpouring of love and support all over the world that's come your way. You know, people are with you. That's been really, really humbling. I didn't I didn't quite expect I, I don't think I expected how many people to uh, connect to the to the story and the journey as much. You know, it's not necessarily someone that in that is an active addiction, but it's a lot of times it's family members that are dealing with it or somebody else. And you know, just to feel that support, but also to feel like I can help, you know, kind of maybe uh, share my experience a little bit with them. I think that's the best way that I've found to approach it is just share what I've been through and, you know, kind of maybe some of the signs as opposed to saying, well, okay, you need to quit. You need to do this, you know? So, uh, you know, I felt like I've definitely had several people I've been able to kind of personally kind of talk to about this, which has been, been gratifying in a way because, you know, you don't, you want to come out of this and have something positive come from it, you know, and, you know, there's definitely that side of me that doesn't want this thing to beat me, you know, and I, I want something good to come out of it. So, um, so yeah, it's in, in a weird way, it's been kind of a blessing for me, you know, it just feels like my eyes have been kind of open to, to a lot more of what this life's about, you know? Yeah, for sure. Listen, Charles, I mean, you're looking a million bucks. I think every time you lose a bit of weight, I'm putting it on, but, um, <laughs> You're looking great. You've never sounded better, you know, and the band just seemed completely re-energized and just so focused on, you know, looking forward to the future. And obviously you get such the best reception in Ireland. We can't wait to have you back on stage and uh, March 10th, C2C Dublin. And uh, always a pleasure just to spend some time with you. And again, I know your wife has just celebrated a birthday, so give her my best, you know. I will. I will. We just actually drove back in. We we went and uh, had a little weekend getaway at this little farm area and got massages and did all that good stuff ate too much food but it was so good wow i saw you were in barbados with dave stewart very jealous oh yeah yeah bahamas yeah we were oh, yes, doing, got to meet 
I actually got to meet uh, Bono while I was there. That was kind of crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. So speaking of uh, speaking of Dublin, it was pretty wild, man. Like Dave Stewart's like, oh, we're just gonna stop over here and say hey to a buddy real quick. And I walked up, and I was like, holy sh! Like, is that Bono? <laughs> and uh, I, I played it cool, but it was it was pretty bizarre, man. It was awesome. I know you've got a load of these to do, so I'll get off the line. But listen, if you happen to do lie with me in Dublin and you hear like a girly scream somewhere, that's me. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Cheers, Stuart. Charles. All the best, man. Appreciate you, buddy. And surely I've been speaking with Lenny Wilson, Jordan Davis, and Midland in advance of their coming over here. The guys are excited, but you're going to hear from them. Country done come to town. So <laughs> it is going to be a party. And I hear that y'all like to have a party too. So I think we are going to get along just fine. You finished the festival with us to down in Dublin on the on the final night, Sunday the twelfth of March. Yep. Save the best the last day. Eh? I think that's right. I think you are right. No, I'm I'm so excited to be over there. You know, it's been a while since I've just been across the pond in general and, and um it's so crazy to think, you know, I'm from a town in northeast Louisiana of two hundred people and to think that um country music can connect and relate that far away is is pretty insane. It just goes to show that we actually have a whole lot more in common than you would ever even think. What's the festival's, you know, perception and um, and standing over there in Nashville? I mean, everybody is ripping and raring to go. If they're not invited, they are begging people to invite them. Um, truly, I mean, everybody gets so excited. It's just kind of like country music Christmas. And, you know, the, the artists that I'm friends with who have been over there and done it, we just always talk about how this sounds a little silly, but when you're at C to C, they listen. There's a lot of festivals that you can go to, and they're not there to really listen to your stories and um, and pay attention um, to the song and the music. And um, you know, there a lot of people are just there to drink a beer, and and that's all right too. You know, we're I'm I feel like there's moments where I'm supposed to be there and putting on a show just so people can have an escape. But it does feel really nice to go over there and and feel that deep. Um, connection and it just seems like folks over there are just appreciative of of the hard work that you do put into your lyrics and the honesty and the vulnerability and um, to me that just fuels my fire and every artist that I have talked to about it also um, that every time they come back to Nashville they feel alive and they feel like wow okay this is why I do this. Is there something maybe special from an Irish crowd that you've experienced before or just something that you're looking forward to this time around? I know Glasgow, London, Dublin, it's all it's all pretty exciting in terms of maybe fans yeah. appreciating lyrics more, which is probably a pretty big thing to you as well, right? Oh, yeah, man. There's there's nothing better in the world. And it's funny because, you know, and I know we talked about this when we were out in Belfast, but like we we've always heard that like, you know, overseas C2C crowds are very like, they just kind of sit there and listen and it's like, yeah, they do when the song's playing, but when the song's not playing, like you are just as rowdy as, as <laughs> you know, the States crowds. Uh, and I can tell you this, when it comes to post show, you guys are 10 times rowdier than States <laughs> crowd. So, uh, but man, I, I, it's, it's always, I think for me, it kind of brings back how special music is you know like me and you or and or a you know you get to form friendships with people that live on the other side of the earth and then and music's what brought us together you know and it's like you know i i I'd come over there and play songs thinking like man i hope they like this or i hope you know i hope this goes over well and not only 
you know, do the fans like it, they're singing every word. And I, for me, that's just the full circle how special music really is. And I think why we love it so much. Um, so that that truly is the, the, the coolest thing about the C2C shows. Well, can you tease us a little bit? Let's think post C2C, right? Let's say uh, come back to Belfast is maybe on the cards. We're already in the works for trying to do a headline thing. You know, it's like C2C is going to be awesome. The Old Dominion thing with us going over and Old Dominion letting us open those shows uh, was great for us to kind of get our foot in the door. Uh, but I want to come back and redo that tour um, as the headliner. So... Um, you know, now that the record's out, you know, we've got, I feel like we've had enough catalog to go over there and, and, and put on a full headlining show. So to me, my next goal is to recreate the old dominion overseas tour, which we're hoping 2024 is the year that, that we get to do that. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. We are very excited to, (laughs) to be back and, um, we uh the last time we were in dublin we ended our tour in dublin so the last night of a long run uh i believe we haven't been back to dublin since then right because last yeah no the last so it's been two or yeah. two and a half years or so no it's gonna be amazing i think that you know we toured out in europe uh last summer and i think we all kind of agreed it was one of the best tours we've ever been on it's amazing getting outside of the united states and seeing how passionate the fan base is and um, you know, they just always seem so appreciative of you coming over there. Um, and then plus, we just love the culture. You know, the Irish people are, are absolutely incredible. Um, Dublin is one of the best cities in the world. The food is world class. And obviously, I'd go there just for the Guinness alone. I was going to ask you guys, is there anything different from the Ulster Hall gig you did back in, uh, in Belfast back in the summer? But of course, you're going to get Jess back this time, right? So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Having the full team back together is great. Uh, Ulster Hall was, and I hate to say this because Jess wasn't there, but I, w- I wish I didn't have to brag about how good that show was. But it, it, it was like one of the all-time great gigs. And it had the feeling when you're in Ireland and it's it really just boils down to the fans. Like you guys love to just get rowdy and scream and be totally in it for as long as the band will give you music and luckily midland is the type of band that likes to stay on stage as long as possible like until they give us the hook so as long as you guys show up in dublin like they did in at ulster hall i feel like we're gonna have quite the evening well here tell me this jess uh just thinking back on the last time you guys played to c to c I mean, kind of what's special about the festival, okay? Because even now, we're sort of 10 years in the making, right? I know it wasn't on there for a couple of years with COVID and everything, but the festival means a lot to people out there, right? I mean, that that was, you know, the first time we went over there and played CDC, that was our first experience with really seeing what a country music audience looks like over there. And we were, I think we were all blown away. I mean, people show up with cowboy hats and you know, to play in these cities in the UK, London, Ireland, Scotland, like, and and see these people come out. It's so cool. And it's a totally different experience than than the US. You know, I, I think if we could afford it, we would probably just post up over there and, <laughs> and uh, play shows and hang out for, you know, like a month out of the year. Well, Shorty, anything to add before we close episode 18, I believe, 
of Free Ramble Man, a country music podcast. So Luke Combs has announced uh, a supporting bill for his shows when he's over here in October time. There's going to be 49 Winchester and there's going to be a very special writers round on stage with Ray Fulcher, Drew Parker and James McNair. I mean, if you weren't already super excited about these shows, this just takes it to another level, right? Know that I am doing fine, but I wish I was in Virginia on the Russell County line. Damn that boy can sing. <laughs> My God, I win 49 Winchester. This Saturday at C2C, after Zach Brown Band opened for us, you might want to make your way over to the well in Dublin. <laughs> Me and Chris Armstrong. In a similar way that, you know, years ago, Jay-Z and Kanye West went out on tour. Me and Chris are going to be sharing the DJ decks. Now, I'm going to be going on first, and I might do a Ray Fulcher, Drew Parker, James McNair, and play all the hits. Can you get me in the guest list? It's either going to be a very empty room, John, or it's going to be a tight squeeze, but either way, you're in there. Thanks for listening, and if you're heading to C2C this weekend in London, Glasgow, or Dublin, you know, cherish it. Make the most of those country music memories. And if you are going to C2C Dublin, please have a look out for a guy with glasses and a guy that never takes his cap off, because that'll likely be us. That sounds like we'll be sitting in a very specific section, John, the way you've described us. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're, you know, if you're meeting country fans at C2C, get the word out. Tell them about the Free Rambling Men podcast. Help us grow this thing. Please do. Please do. And if you'd like to follow us or get in touch or whatever, you can email us on freeramblemen at gmail.com. We're also at freeramblemen on Instagram, on Twitter. Stuart, we probably need to figure out if we're keeping doing the Twitter thing, but cross that bridge another day. Um, Stuart can also be found on those platforms at Stuart underscore Banford on Instagram and at Stuart Banford on Twitter. I am at the John Cairn, any and just about everything you can imagine. Until next time, Shirley. Keep rambling free. Your mate Jordan Davis and his wife, Kirsten, is it? Anyway, your mate Jordan Davis and your mate Jordan. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You're doing it too quickly. (laughs) It's like I keep going to say, okay, restart, but then you keep talking. (laughs) Well, we find the I take. I'm waiting for you to say restart. <laughs> so your mate Jordan Davis and his wife have announced they're now expecting baby number three. His wife's got a name. <laughs> I don't know if her name is Kirsten or Kristen. Uh, I think it's Kirsten. Uh, start again. So your mate Jordan. <laughs> oh my God, my God, my God. Maybe we don't cover this. I don't know. Yes, uh... Okay, but I like to put in the wee baby thing. I like that. I'll say Q and then you go. Okay, you're in Q. So your mate Jordan Davis, who's coming over next weekend to play C2C, he and his wife. I nearly went to say the name and I didn't know what the fucking name was. (laughs) Oh, those are my babies.